Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for Welcome to Set for Life. Today I have with me Theo Jedlika. He is a missionary to El Salvador. Hello, Theo. Hey, Ray. Thanks for having me. Man, it's, it was a long trip for you getting here, but you're here <laughs> as straight at the mic. This isn't over the phone. This is him with me. And so I love having guests here today. And so Theo, being a missionary to El Salvador, friends, what do you think we're going to talk about today? We're going to talk about mission work. And I want to go to the word first. Because Jesus commanded this, this is from Matthew 28 and 16, it's known as the Great Commission. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. So this is a commandment. He said, all authority has been given to me. So when he said, I have all authority, he said, therefore, go and do this, which means I'm the ultimate authority, and this is what I want you to do. I want you to go and make disciples. He didn't say save them. Jesus does the saving. He said, go make disciples. Teach them the disciplines that I taught you. And so, friends, what I'm trying to say is this is a commandment that we're supposed to do. And we should value our missionaries who are out there in the the countries. Okay, Americans that are listening to me, I know you love your cars and your houses and all your fancy stuff. There are missionaries in nations that don't have what we have. And that, that is a sacrifice that they are doing because they're out there in it. But they're in it to win it. They're doing tough work. And we're supposed to support them. And... At my church, we support several missionaries, and Theo is one of them. And so I'm so glad, Theo, to have you here today. And I want everybody to understand the necessity of mission work, how important it is. Because quite frankly, Theo, Jesus said to do it. Mm-hmm. Now, Theo, when, you, when somebody tells you to do something that has authority over you, what should you do? They tell you to do something, what should you do? <laughs> it depends on if you're rebellious or not. Well, that's true, too. Uh, There are those that are. But those who are obedient that definitely declare Jesus is Lord, they should do what he says. We have to go out and do it. you got to go out and do it. And, Theo, you've really taken that to to heart. You're really out there doing it. What can you tell me, Theo? I mean, I have been on mission trips before, but it was like maybe a one-week, two-week, three-week at the most, and then I come back. Theo, this is all day, every day, 365, 24-7 for you. I think it just starts uh it starts with wanting to be obedient. So the idea of making disciples, you don't have to go to another country to make disciples, but you have to make disciples. It's not an optional it's not an optional calling. We're not saved for our own benefit. 
if God just wanted to save us, then then he'd take us up to heaven right now. You'd get saved, and you'd get hit by a lightning bolt, and you'd be in heaven. There ain't no reason for you to be here. God saves us because he wants us to do his work. And he could do it without us, but he prefers to do it in us and through us. And and that's what mission work is all about. And the call to make disciples is a call for every disciple of Jesus. Jesus says, I'm discipling you. I'm pouring myself into you. But there's a caveat. I'm doing that on the condition that you will then go and pour that into someone else. Right? Freely, uh, freely we have been We've received freely. I've given freely. Well, I messed that up. But (laughs) we've received freely. We got to give freely what the Lord has given us. So mission work is about taking what the Lord has poured into us and pouring it into someone else. And that mission work, Ray, can be done anywhere. It can be done right here in Texas. It can be done in El Salvador. It can be done in in Japan. In other you don't necessarily have to hop on a plane and go to a foreign country to be a missionary. You don't. Are you reaching your next door neighbor for that matter? Or your neighborhood. You know, it even starts on a more intimate level. Are you pouring into your family? Are you pouring into your wife and kids? Because that's with the call. Them? Do yeah. you pray with them? Do you lead them? Do you guide them in God's word or not? Are we discipling? Are we loving them the way that Jesus would love them if he was here right now? In the flesh, I think that sometimes we, well, I'll speak for myself. So I remember when I was a new believer, man, I would watch these Jesus movies on TV or, or, you know, DVD, the Jesus film is a great outreach film, but I would watch these movies and I would kind of feel a little jealous. I'd say, man, I wish I was walking with Jesus. I wish I was there breaking bread with Jesus. I wish I saw him face to face. And yet Jesus said, it is better. He said to his disciples, it is better for you that I go so that the Holy Spirit can come in my place because he wants to to be in more than just one place. He wants to work through the whole body. And now people can have Jesus in their home. People can have Jesus raising their children. We can be the hands and feet of, of the body of Christ. We can be Jesus as the Holy Spirit indwells and fills us. And And that's the call. That's what the Great Commission is about. It's about being Jesus in other people's life. Amazing. You know, there's something I want to pull you back to as a key word that you said. You said disciple others. You said to disciple them. Now, for anybody that might be listening to me and you today, they don't really understand what does that mean? What is discipling? What would you tell them that means exactly for them to understand the terminology? Look, disciple is, and you're right, right? Disciple is not a word that we use in everyday conversation. And if you're not a Christian, it's not a word you use at all. They're not familiar with it. Yeah. And, and, you know, sometimes we have that problem as Christians that we speak Christianese. Yep. Uh, so we have to define the word. Disciple means to, to, is basically a student. A disciple is a student and it's someone that's, that's under the discipline of their master. It's someone that's being taught up in a discipline. So you said taught up. That's, yeah. I'm glad you said that because they should be built up. It's like when a kid goes to school, he's a student. He should learn more than what he knew before. He should pick up new sure. uh, new things, new gift, I, gifting ideas, new, new ways to de- develop skills. And it's kind of like Jesus school. You're going to Jesus school <laughs> to disciple someone, to build them up. It's like, it's like, let me help you and build you up from what you know. Let's, let's build up from that. That is basically discipling. 
So, yeah, I just kind of wanted to run over that term real quick about discipling. And uh, Theo, I know you came to the table with something to say. And what have you got? And what can you tell us from your life? I mean, I'm amazed at your life, the the things you gave up. Because, friends, I said he's a missionary in El Salvador, but he is an American. And you're from where? I'm I'm from California. California. And you moved to El Salvador. And uh, I've been in El Salvador for about 12 years now, uh, serving full-time down there. So to a lot of people to think, leave the United States. Leave the good old U.S. of A., where we, you know, we're comfy Americans, and to go to another country. What, what, what is that like? Well, that's hard to sum up. Yeah, I imagine it. I'm sorry to hit you on the spot here, but I mean that that's big. I mean, people, people ask me in El Salvador. Salvadorians will ask me, "What are you doing here? Why, why did you come down? Everyone's trying to come up. Everyone's trying to immigrate here." Why did you leave the U.S. to come down here? And the answer is, the answer is, well, it it wasn't my idea. The Lord called me down, and I'm following. That's what he that told great me to commission do. commandment. And you know where he where he says to go, I go. I think it just comes down to to being obedient. God needs people, or God wants people to do His work everywhere, Ray. Amen. And that means everywhere. And some of us are going to do it here at home, and some of us are going to do it overseas doesn't mean that that one is worth more than another i'm i'm just as just as as carnal as anyone else i got my own struggles too right the idea is just to be faithful though and if god's put you in a place he's put you someplace for a reason and so we ought to be we ought to be asking what does god want me to do here and if you're here in texas well why are you in texas why are you why aren't you anywhere else in the world and maybe you should be somewhere else. Maybe Texas isn't where you're supposed to be. Have you even asked the Lord that? You even laid those things out. I mean, part of the reason that I'm a missionary in El Salvador is because I hit a crossroads in my in my life. I, I, I was working a job that I liked, and uh, my boss came to me and he said, look, we're thinking about moving the location some 500 miles away, and, and do you want to move? And I just thought, no, no way. I loved where I was at. I was in a community that I liked. I was in a church that I loved and I felt part of. And so I just started praying and I said, God, tell me what I'm supposed to do. Should I take the job or should I try to find another job? And I was asking God, A or B, A or B, should I, should I go or should I stay? I know the, f- I've been there. Go ahead. Yeah. And God said, Z, <laughs> man, not A, B or C. Z, I want you to go to the mission field. But the reason that he told me that is because I took the time to stop and pray about what's going on in my life. Oh, and, big and point. Put things, big point. Pray to it. put things out, to put things to the Lord and ask him what he wanted to do. And it was in that season that I was praying fervently that the Lord said, well, I want you to go to the mission field. And I thought, well, what the, what the heck, man? I wasn't, I wasn't even thinking, thinking about, about that. this. Yeah, yeah. I had never Last even been thing. on a mission trip. Right? Yeah. I'd never even been on an airplane. Yeah. I thought that's out of left field. And so I put it to the Lord. I said, Well, God, if this is really you, this is this is wacky. <laughs> You're gonna have to do a whole lot for this to be even remotely possible. Right. I mean, I'm gonna need to see some serious stars this aligning. Sounds too impossible. How's this gonna work? Based on my present circumstance, oh. I don't see how it's gonna come out. And and I said, All right, God, if this is you, then prove it. And and he did. 
and he lined everything up, man. And, you know, the, he showed me where to go and what to do. And, and the money came through to do it. I didn't have any money. Every Lord, door was shut, but that one. The Lord gave me what he needed. And so I said, all right, I'm going. I'm not going to stick around and, and wait for the trail to grow cold. Mm-hmm. I'm going. And so I packed up my bags. I, I quit my job and, and I went down to Central America. Amazing. In 2009. Amazing. You know, you said something that was very, very simple. And, you know, you and I were talking earlier in the day, and we were talking about how we complicate everything. But you said something. You said, just be faithful. Just be faithful. And that's the simplicity of it. If God tells you to do something and we complicate it with all the logistics and the money and this and that, how am I supposed to just be faithful, friends? Hmm. Those of you who are hearing us right now, you're hearing uh, Theo's story. And you're you're complicating it. Lord, but how about this? Yeah, but Lord, what about that? Friends, God owns everything. It's all his. He can deal with that. Just Mm. be faithful and do what he called you to do. And you'll find out it's so blessed. It's a blessed time, isn't it? Amen. Amen. I think I think, Ray, the biggest challenge I think that we have as Americans is that we don't even ask those questions. We don't even stop and ask the Lord, what am I doing? What was I placed on the earth to do? And and where do you want me to go? How do you want me to live my life? We just decide, you know, we wake up, we're born one day, and we just decide we're going to live like everyone else around us. Get a job, go to school, sure, make and, a living. And have the same have dreams. Have a car, have a house. And, and passions that they have. And, yeah. and we forget that God has actually called us, and, and you could even say prepared us for something more. But, you know, our biggest sin is a sin of omission, of not involving him in those decisions. Wow. And so it takes a, it takes a moment of crisis, like the one that I was in as a young man looking, looking to what to do. It takes a moment of crisis or, or a pivotal moment in your life to say, okay, God, I'm going to stop pretending that I know what I'm supposed to be doing with my life. I'm going to stop grasping at straws, and I'm going to say, God, you lead me. And where you lead me, I'll go. And I'll, I'll tell you, that decision to follow him onto the mission field, it's, it's about following Jesus, no matter where we're at. Just be faithful. But we have to ask him those questions. We have to be willing to put everything on the table. You know, I think something's being missed right now is most people are asking the Lord the question of, what about me, Lord? What, what, what can I get? Where's my prosperity? Where's my big money? Where's my stuff? Me, me, me. Instead of asking, Lord, do you want me to give something up and go do something else? And I think there's that's a mentality switch that a lot of people need to consider. Lord, what do you want me to do? Instead of mm. everybody saying, Lord, here's what I w- want you to do. Mm. Maybe we should stop. Friends, maybe we should stop looking at the Lord on what we want him to do for us and start asking what he wants us to do for him. Amen. That's That's a nice turnaround. Theo, I know you've got some scripture to lay on us today. What do you have for us? I, you know, I'm thinking, I'm liking, I'm liking the direction that this is going. I feel like this is, this is the baseline message, right? I mean, we can talk about, we can talk about mission work and, and what we're doing, and, but I think the message that people need to hear right now is, is your life fully submitted to God? Or not, because it doesn't matter if you're saved, but you're not doing anything. You know, college education is only as good as 
is well, what you do with it. It's right? like a nice brand new car in the driveway, but if it ain't got any gas oh. in it, it's not going anywhere. <laughs> Pretty much, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I think that, you know, the question is, are we doing what God has called us to do? Do we even know what that is? Are we even seeking it out or are we serving ourselves? It was like you and I were talking yesterday about about the idea of Jesus being our king. Right. Kingship. You know, kingship demands something of us. We're not just hanging out with the king. No, the king needs to be served. Mm-hmm. We need to submit to the king. And so are we submitting to Jesus? And that's really the question. Are we submitting to him? And once we do, I guarantee it's an adventure. He's going to take you places you never even dreamt of. But it has to start with submission to to his will and then trust and obey when he speaks. You know, we were talking about royalty and how Americans don't understand royalty because we don't have kings and queens here like they do in England. And I was talking to a British friend of mine. I said, help me understand the queen. I don't get it. I mean, I know she's the queen and they have a lot of respect for her, but I don't understand royalty, the the reverence people have to authority. And, and friends, mm. we have a king in Messiah Jesus, and we don't understand authority, many of us. So this... This serving that you're talking about, kings should be served instead of uh, the king. I expect the king to serve me. Lord, I pray for a new house. I pray for a new car. Serve me, serve me. We should be serving him. Well, and I'll, and I'll tell you, you know, if, if you want to wake up to the reality of what Christianity really is, what it really means to know and follow Jesus, you, you need to get out of America. <laughs> You got to get at out. least once, at least once sure. in your life. Go on a mission trip, guys. There's so much of our culture that, and this is true for every country, but there's so much of our culture that just that just puts blinders on us. It just blinds us mm-hmm. to the way things really are, and we just think that that's the way that it ought to be, and we don't realize that there's a whole the whole world out there. There's a whole world out there where God is moving and doing things. And doing great things. Through the church, and, and we just have no yeah. sense of it because we're stuck in, in suburbia. We've got the gospel packed into the American box, and it's taped shut, and that's all it is to America. Oh, yeah. That's all it is. There's a, there's a, a quote from an author that I like to use. He says, the biggest problem facing the church in America is that the church in America is, is more American than Christian. You know, we've elevated our culture and our way of life to the very, the very highest. But the problem is we've, we've sold ourselves short. When your goal is just to be an American and live the American dream, and then you reach that goal, you have nothing else to reach for. You have nothing higher to aspire for, and you have, you have no other reason to live. And that's, I think, frankly, that's the problem that I see with a lot of people here back home is is they don't know what to live for. You know, they hit their goals, they got the job, the house, the girl, whatever it is and that now they what? wanted. Now I'm staying. And now they're, you know, and now they're jonesing for the new phone that's coming out or the new car or XYZ thing to fill uh, that lack in in the sense of meaning and purpose in their life, to fill in that that void until the next new thing comes out. When the reality is they're living for the wrong the wrong motivations, the wrong. This is something, this thought takes me into an, another phase of the discussion here that I want to bring up. So you got somebody listening to you right now, and they're like, well, I'm not a missionary right now. 
I've never been. Maybe I can go with my church for a couple weeks or something. But, you know, there's something they could be doing right now, Theo. I think they should be supporting missionaries. I think that's heavily, uh, you know, some people, they're not geared for going and doing what you did to go to El Salvador and live there, but they can support mission work. Um, I have a Bible verse that talks about this, and it's not just for missionaries. It's also for pastors. It's from Galatians 6, verse 6, says, let him who is taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. This means if someone's teaching the word of God, you should support that man because he's doing work in the kingdom, and that guy should be supported. And that's why we support missionaries in the world. So I'm just trying to speak to those people. Well, I'm not a missionary. It's not my thing. Well, maybe it's not your thing yet, but you can support (laughs) missionaries until you get to a point where maybe you could go be one or go try it out, get out of that American box for once and maybe take a trip to El Salvador or Panama, some places I've been to that I've, it really opened my eyes, Theo. Mm. And I was glad I did it. And so supporting, if you can't go, then support. Look, I think, you know, something that one of the principles that my wife and I really try to live by is just being more generous than we can afford to be. That right there is huge. And we do that. We do that with our time. We do that with our lifestyle. Um, we try to do it with our money. We fail sometimes, just like, just like everyone does. But the idea is is to give so much that if God doesn't cover my needs, whether it's time-wise or emotionally or whatever else, then I'm in trouble. <laughs> and it hasn't happened yet, has it? Well, you can't outgive God, right? But, I mean, everything comes down to just kind of your attitude. And look, I'm not saying this because I want people to give to our ministry or to your ministry, because that's not my goal. I'm saying this because I want people to live aligned to the kingdom. So I'll tell you, my one of my big struggles as a missionary, and I'll just be transparent about this, but one of my big struggles as a missionary is that when I started serving the Lord, I was a single man. Now I'm a father of four. And so I'm constantly thinking, how do I provide for my wife and family? How do I make sure they have this and that? And it's really easy to focus all of my vision just on that and to forget that I'm supposed to be about the kingdom first. Yes. Jesus said, seek first your job. No. Seek first your family. He didn't even say that. Now, that sounds very godly. Seek first your family. But he said, seek first the kingdom. And, and then my righteousness all and all this things, will be added on you. All the rest of it will be added. You'll be given that part. So the idea is if we seek the kingdom first, then he's going to provide for everything else. And that's hard. I mean, I'm not saying that you should give away your whole paycheck or that you should spend all of your time at church. I'm not saying that. That wouldn't be responsible. That's not what Jesus is calling people to do. But I'm saying that living for the kingdom should be a priority. And if you feel like you're a believer and you don't have any joy in your life, you don't have any purpose, then you're probably not living for the kingdom. And you know what? That may be a reality check. It may be a little harsh to hear it, but you're probably not interested in spiritual things. Thank you for listening to Set for Life. 
We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.